Hello, and welcome to Simply Business, the podcast interview series for business owners by business owners. And I'm your host, John Jennings. I believe that most business owners are working way too hard for much too little. And one of the issues is that we overcomplexify things. And I believe that most of the answers are always right within us or within our reach. So I like to say I'm a simple man with simple ideas. So welcome to Simply Business. Uh, and I don't have my full voice today. I'm just going to admit that right off the bat. So we're going to do the best we can, but uh, we're, we've got a guest that hopefully will do much more of the talking. I'm joined today by Shamika Whiteside, who is the executive director of Zora's Cradle and also the owner of her own private practice. So Shamika, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, would you like to kick us off a little bit with a little background about yourself and you know, who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So um, as you mentioned, I'm Shamika Whiteside. Um, I have a nonprofit here in Louisville, Kentucky, based in the Shively area. It is called Zora's Cradle. Zora's Cradle provides parental behavioral health services um, targeting homeless expected mothers, but we pretty much serve everyone. Um, we provide individual therapy and group therapy and some educational classes um, targeting pregnant women. I'm a postpartum women, and also the dads. People forget about the dads sometimes. Dads are connected to the pregnancy as well. Um, in addition to the therapeutic piece of it, um, I have a resource center that's down the hall from my main office where we do therapy. Um, but um, any, pretty much any resource a mother needs to kind of make sure that her pregnancy is successful. So we've got a whole diaper depot. We partner with the St. Bernadette Church here in Louisville. Um, so we've got diapers. We have a milk depot with breast milk. I think sometimes people don't realize that um, a family may be without breast milk or need some supplemental breast milk should something go wrong, such as illness or adoption or grandmama's taking the baby in or mama's in the hospital. We've got to get that breast milk going. And we partner with the uh, Milk Bank in Indianapolis for that. Um, we partner with the city. We have some emergency housing vouchers for um, pregnant and postpartum women who are homeless that um, may have barriers to accessing housing, um, whether they are um, staying with a partnership that may be involving domestic violence or may just be having a hard time navigating the city because having a big belly, you can't really move that fast and get things done as you typically would as well. But we um, have those things here and that's just the, the nonprofit piece that we've been operating for three years. So we have a great team and some great partnerships here in the city. Um, but at, because Shamika is for some reason so obsessed with doing therapy, <laughs> we also have a private practice it is called Perinatal Princess, uh, where I work with a lot of women individually um, doing just individual therapy sessions, um, you know, virtually and also in a different office space um, for those things. So I'm all about, you know, women's issues and uh, pregnancy and postpartum supports. Um, surprisingly, most of my clients are men. So that's also <laughs> the most interesting thing about it as well. Um, but there is a um, organization called Zero to Three where they advocate nationally for children zero to three, making sure they have the supports that they need. Um, I am a zero to three fellow. So I'm also I'm used to going throughout the country and navigating um, maternal health resources and infant and child resources for people in need and bringing those things back to Kentucky and sharing them with me partners and my team. Um, and then there's a board of directors um, with Postpartum Support International. Um, and I sit on their Kentucky board. So if it's related to pregnancy and mamas, I'm usually uh, somewhere around or somewhere lurking in the background as well, because that's just, that's just my jam. Wow. Uh, well, thank you for what you do, because what you do is awesome. And uh, I know, I know very much needed. I, I, you know, I've been 
I guess you can say, as, as, as you mentioned, the men, you know, I, I've been around the pregnancy, but I haven't experienced it, right? So uh, I appreciate the fact that you're there. And I, I find it interesting that you said you, most of your clients are men. That, that might be something to dig into. Uh, that, that's, uh, I, I never would have, never would have guessed that. Uh, well, tell me a little bit about what inspired you to start uh, a nonprofit three years ago. What what was it that uh, just called you to do that? Because it's it's certainly something that many people cannot do. Absolutely. So um, I've been a been in the social services field for about fifteen years. Um, was a case manager for many years, just helping people navigate resources. Um, but prior to doing all those things, um, I am not originally from here. I am from Springfield, Illinois. And I came to Louisville to go to the University of Louisville's Kent School of Social Work because I want to be the best social worker um, I could be. And they said that that was a school for that. And um, shortly after um, graduating, well, I actually was pregnant during my graduation, but um, I, I did want to go back to home Illinois. I kind of liked Louisville and some of the things that they had here. There, there are no White Castles back home. So that was a big deal. <laughs> White Castle. <laughs> wow. But uh, this was a big city to me compared to where I lived. But um, at the time, just graduating and being pregnant, and I also have a five, at the time he was five years old, five-year-old son. This is in 2014. Um, but just trying to look for resources for pregnancy. You know, where do I go to get, you know, um, you know, milk and diapers and things like that? Because I didn't know the city. Um but just trying to navigate those things on my own, I couldn't find a lot of the resources. And I actually went into preterm labor when I was six months pregnant, um, gave birth. She lived only for two days and then she passed away. And wow. at the time I, I was devastated. I'm like, well, it's because I couldn't find things in the city. It's because my family wasn't here to help me. Um, tr just trying to find reasons to um, justify what had happened. It, you know, it's because of this or that or what have you. That was in 2014. Um, as a case manager and, you know, slowly just going into therapy, trying to help those that I was serving navigate resources, um, I found that there were pockets of um, agencies that were helping with pregnant postpartum women, um, but were difficult to find. So I'm like, oh no, this wasn't just because I was new to town. Well, what just doesn't have it? That's concerning. Um, you know, and, and that was very concerning. So um, Funny thing, John, I kind of stumbled into this. I posted something um, New Year's Day um, 2020 um, saying how frustrated I was that we didn't have therapy for moms and we didn't, you know, um, that were easily accessible and we didn't have diapers where you had to, you know, most things you have to have a certain income or certain, you know, if I'm very much if you need it, I have it or I can send you to the right direction. But um, I said, someone needs to do something about this. And I made this post and someone said, I'm a realtor and I can help with office space. And someone said, you know, if you need commercial insurance, potentially I can do that. Someone said, I have diapers. And it was kind of a groundswell. And I'm like, no, 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 I meant someone else. <laughs> I'm like, somebody, somebody needs to do it. Um, and then I looked up and I had office space and I had, so it, it just kind of was me advocating for something and kind of being pushed toward it. Um, I always tell people one of the things that I like about what we do is that, you know, we're, you know, one of the few people doing it and, at the same time, one of the challenges that we're one of the few people doing it, so it's kind of hard to consult what do we do next or where do we find this or where do we find that. But yeah, just personal experience caused me to be an advocate. And now I have a whole business just from a Facebook post. <laughs> that's that's an awesome story. I, I I was just picturing the first response being, no, no one does that. How about you? You know, that's kind of that's kind of what it was. Uh, very Absolutely. cool. 
So uh, that's obviously an unexpected twist of it. I, my the next question I like to ask is, uh, what was the biggest surprise of getting something going like this? What 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 unexpected aspect of uh, being a founder? Kind of um, strategic planning. Um, I think as you know, whether you're an entrepreneur or even an employee. I think we go into things and we just assume that it's all just going to be done for us. You know, you go to a job, you know, I, I had no clue, you know, so many pieces go into it, but we were very first year. It was, okay, well, let's do this. Oh crap. We don't have this. We don't have this. And we're just kind of doing it trial by error versus someone even asked us, do you have a strategic plan of how things should actually operate? Um, so that was difficult to kind of see what we needed and how we're going to get there and what pieces we had to bring in. Um, and I think with most agencies, it's just a, it's an ongoing thing. Um, but yeah, I think that was the most difficult piece um, of it, really strategically planning, which I, I love now, but I hated years ago. Now I'm excited. <laughs> like this didn't work last year. Kids are going to do this year. So love yeah, it. that's awesome. What? How do you do your? Because that's kind of my that's that you're hitting my uh, sweet spot of excitement there. We talk about strategic planning, so. Tell me about your process. How do you go about doing strategic planning? The first year we tried to um, do it on our own and it still wasn't working. We had to actually reach out, um, which there's no shame in this. And I tell people this all the time, um, find a consultant who was neutral that actually put one together for us because um, they were asking the questions that we weren't asking. Um, it was, well, you're serving this many clients, you know, do you have the staff for this many clients or? How does this work or how does that work? Or does someone objectively just, you know, hey, why are we not doing this? So that was actually really helpful. But um, I think sometimes people, I mean, there's it's one thing to actually do things on your own, but sometimes there's no shame in getting help. Have someone else come in, let them help you actually map things out. Um, and then my board of directors, you know, we have some people from around the country who, once they saw the strategic plan that they put together, um, they added their thoughts and feedback um, to it. So that was also helpful as well. But um, I think I just listed all the services and the needs and some of the barriers and some of the outcomes and um, some of the goals. And from there, you know, all the different parties kind of put their um, ingredients in and made that stew even better. So. Yeah, that's awesome. And I've, I've worked with several nonprofits on strategic planning, and they, there's a lot of pushback sometimes of Oh, we're not a business. We don't. We don't need to do that. We're not that official. But the reality is, you really are. You are a business. It's it. It's it's. Um, what is uh, someone said to me one time? Not for profit doesn't mean not you know no money. You know, it's there's still a lot of money flowing, and you have to you have to manage it right. You know, you have to do a good job, be good, uh, uh, be good stewards of of, uh, of your resources. So, uh, strategic plan is important. Yes. Oh, very good. Um, share, if you don't mind, and, and obviously I don't want you to get uh, too uncomfortable in what you share, but but share, you know, a challenge or two that you've you've faced and and how you dealt with it. I'd say one of the biggest challenges that um, we face, um, it's so funny and we're still dealing with it every year <laughs> in a different way. Um I think one of the biggest challenges is really um, doing a needs assessment. And I say that because sometimes businesses, nonprofit, for-profit, what have you, 
will go out and provide these different things that they think the people want. Oh, the people want this, the people need this. And it's like, well, this is so odd. I'm losing money on this for all the people versus have you actually asked someone what they want and what they need and so on and so forth? Um, like I said, we started doing this with, you know, you know, with therapy and so on and so forth. But most of the people that we serve, the reason why they had some of the uh, mental health stressors is because they didn't have the resources they needed. So it's like, you know what, we should actually be asking people what they need. Um, so we actually do that from time to time. We'll bring clients in and we'll feed them because people want food. Um, <laughs> but That's really every industry. Them, yeah, <laughs> but having them actually contribute to um the discussion what is it that you need and what can we do to actually effectively help you and that's really turned our business um around versus um you know oh people need this well how come they aren't coming you know what i mean you know for this you know this free soup or this free this they don't know who you are so it's it's really that piece of but a needs assessment one of the most recent ones that we are actually trying to um tackle i had a call before i i spoke with you um involves the barriers to housing and even just temporary shelter. We've had many families come um, to our offices, get whatever services they needed and kind of linger around. And we're like, okay, why are they, why are you still here? You know, you got what you needed. Um, and then I found out that um, a lot of times moms and dads don't have anywhere to go. And this may be um, those coming from the shelter. Like there's, you know, there's no place, you know what I mean? just to just kind of hang out, you know, mom, pregnant woman, just to sit and be social with other people in the same situation. So um, I spoke to several clients and I asked about that, like, you know, um, where can you go for that? There are a couple of community partners that are doing something comparable, um, but really addressing need for that. So we have been really just kind of putting feelers out to see what that would look like, what people would actually need from that, just to make sure that it is truly client centered. But yeah, I, I just say, you know, the needs assessment has been difficult, but it's also been humbling. You know, sometimes mm -hmm. I've went to shelters and, you know, people are, and, you know, focusing on housing and people are like, I just kind of want socks. If I can get some socks, like, oh, we're, we're working very hard and we could probably resolve this particular issue here. So still an ongoing yeah. problem I love. You know, and that's, you know, whether your business or nonprofit, I, I've seen that so many times where a especially in the entrepreneurial side where a, a, someone will invent something, you know, they'll found a, you know, they found a company or whatever. And then they, they have this idea that, Oh, I, I call it my way or the highway. You know, it's like, I've got my, what, what I think they need. Therefore I built it. Therefore they will buy it. And then when people don't buy it, they have to learn how to adapt. It sounds yeah. like you've done that. That's a, uh, um, and it's the, the parallels between business and, and nonprofit you know, those types of, oh, yeah. it's, it's very interesting. So you also have your private practice. So you've got this for-profit pr private practice and your, and your nonprofit. How do you, how do you balance that in your day? So that's the fun part. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> do um, you, I guess <laughs> I, you know, I'm trying my best, but one of the things that I have found, um, I thought that, and I spoke with my team initially about stepping out to do private practice. Um, and I want to make sure, like I said, everything was separate, make sure I have separate space, have, you know, separate, you know, address. I didn't want, you know, mail from the other place coming here that's a conflict of interest, but want to make sure those two things were very separate. But 
Um, so far, everyone who wants to see me for private practice wants to meet in the evenings or on weekends, which is perfect because I see my other people here in the daytime. So it kind of balanced for me, um, which I enjoy. And I was like, oh, I really thought I'd be, you know, here on certain days, but I'm still maintaining my schedule here. And then people just know after 4 p.m. Um, I'm not available. I'm seeing my my private practice clients. And mm -hmm. that way, same thing on weekends. Um, I, I'm still in, um, in shock how many people um, want therapy on weekends. So that's cool. You know, I'm like, oh, no one's going to show up on a Saturday. <laughs> no, there's a there's a big need for that. I, I work with a nonprofit that has some therapists and yeah, they stay completely booked up in the off hours. Uh, yes. What we would consult, consider off hours. Um, yeah. Because people want to be able to do that outside of their work. That's awesome that you do that. Although, I guess my next question was, how do you balance that in your personal life? Or do you have, <laughs> do you have oh, a healthy yes. balance it's, there? Uh, I, um, I don't know what you'd call it. Honestly, I'm a traveler. So, make, you know, I make sure I do small forms of self-care um, at home. I am a baker. Um and it's so weird. I have a, a 15, my son's 15, he'll be 16 next month, but um, he calls me the rage maker. Um, sometimes I've had a day and so much has happened and baking is calming for me. So, um, you know, and when I'm angry, I'm just throwing things in. So he's excited, I'm upset, but he's excited to see what, <laughs> what turns out, That's you cool. know, when I'm doing this. I made a, I make a mean caramel apple cake. So we had that the other day and I'm just throwing stuff in. So people are like, how did you make that? I don't know. I was just <laughs> throwing things in. <laughs> Baking. So it sounds um, like if uh, if you're having a bad day, that's a good day to hang around you. Oh, yeah. Like, why are they all showing up out of nowhere? But <laughs> I, I do that to make sure I take care of myself. Um, I am a huge nostalgia TV person, a huge Golden Girls fan, huge, huge, huge Golden Girls oh, fan. That's funny. <laughs> it helps me calm down. But I told my husband, 90% um, of the time you'll see Golden Girls if he comes in the bedroom and um, I have a blanket wrapped around me and I'm watching Andy Griffith. Like the further I go back, the angrier I am. Oh, wow. That's so, hilarious. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, whoa, I need some screen. I need to, <laughs> I need to get out of here. But I make sure I travel and I go places and kind of clear my, clear my mind. Uh, huge fan of, um, you know, Europe. I love Europe. And I just like the freedom to kind of go and see the different things. But sometimes, you know, I have to really get far away from it. Um, and then conferences, it sounds crazy, but um, I'll sign up for conferences to kind of network and do things professionally, but also, you know, for self-care, I'm like, you know, I kind of need to go to a different state and go see something else to kind of clear my head um, mm -hmm. from other things. So big on self-care, and I think other business owners should be as well. Make sure we're taking care of ourselves so we can take care of those we serve. That's, uh, that's so important and so often missed by people. Um, one last question, uh, and it really goes along hand in hand with that. What advice would you give to someone who's wanting to launch, whether they're launching a nonprofit or maybe they're launching a, a private practice, uh, you know, going out on their own? Uh, what, what advice would you have to someone like that? Oh, John, this is easy. Get a coach, get a coach. I cannot stress that <laughs> enough, whether it is for profit or nonprofit, get someone who's done what you've done, um, or what you're trying to do. Um. I think one person I have now who I have to sing her praises, that's actually what I mentioned, I was speaking to someone before this. Um, I have a score mentor because like I said, as we started, we initially were for-profit and then we moved towards the nonprofit model with this particular mm -hmm. business. 
Um, but I have a score mentor named Barbara. Shout out to Barbara. She's wonderful. She's in Lexington. Um, she's a retiree who used to do similar work to what we did. So um, has really been helping me navigate things. Um, I, I love just the coach um, piece of it. And also just even someone is not necessarily your coach, even just, you know, mentoring and relationships. Um, one of the best pieces of advice I got recently, because for years we would go throughout the city and, you know, kind of do the guerrilla marketing thing and, hey, we're doing this. If you need this, we provide these services. And um, someone from the mayor's office, Gretchen Hunt, I give her her, her kudos, um, said, I love you, but you're working harder than you are smarter. I know that you're going out to have people, you know, know about what you do. How about bringing them in and doing an open house? And it sounds like common sense when you actually sit and listen to it. But when you're in the swing of things, the easiest answers are not in front of you. And I'm like, oh, my God. But <laughs> so right. we, did, we, we invited the deputy mayor and some council people to kind of see our work. And they were in awe and hadn't heard of us. And that's just hard, you know, because we've been out. But I'm like, but this is what we need for people to kind of spread the word and what we're doing so we can kind of help people on a larger scale. But yeah, if I had actually had a coach or a mentor or someone to hold my hand and give me those steps, um, I, I think I'd not only be a lot farther along, I probably would have um, avoided some of the mistakes I've made in business. But yeah, there are coaches, I mean, free to low cost, you know, get one, get someone, else to, don't be ashamed. If you don't know what you're doing, you don't know what you're doing, that's cool. Get help. <laughs> and and as a uh, as a uh, certified business and executive coach, I appreciate that, and I did not pay you to make that uh, announcement. So, <laughs> so, uh, uh, but uh, but I do appreciate when people say that because then uh, that's something that uh, is so true. It's something I wish I had known earlier, and uh, certainly I've certainly applied, obviously, as as I coach others today. So. Um, uh, thank you so much, Shamika, for your time and for uh, what you've shared. I, I know, uh, you know, no matter what type of business or nonprofit you may be in, you, you've uh, obviously inspired folks uh, to uh, to think through some some very important things. Uh, and so I appreciate you sharing a little bit about your journey. And uh, so if anybody wants to connect with you, what's the best way of doing that? So we are um, well the World Wide Web. Um, if someone uh, just Googles Zora's Cradle, Z-O-R-A apostrophe S, cradle, like a baby cradle and not candle. We get calls for candles all the time. It's Zora's Cradle, like a baby cradle. We're in the business of babies, not candles. Um, yeah. Phone number is 502-830-9460. Um, prompt should come on and, you know, say, hey, you know, it's Shamika or whoever in the office you need. Um, our website is www.zoruscradle.org, Z-O-R-A-S-C-R-A-D-L-E.org. And we're just on different social media platforms. Um, or if they're like, you know what, that's too much to remember. Can I just find you? I'm on LinkedIn and all the different yeah. uh, social media platforms. So if they just look up, you know, Whiteside or Shamika Whiteside or anything related to maternal health, I'll pop up somewhere, even if they just Google maternal health um, in Kentucky. So they'll find me in a roundabout way, but. I'm out here. I'm out here doing Good that. deal. And I'm, I am so glad you are out there and I appreciate you uh, sharing uh, some time with us today. And uh, I hope uh, our, our listeners or viewers uh, certainly have enjoyed watching this and uh, appreciate your time. And I look forward to uh, uh, seeing, uh, seeing you down the road and I look forward to seeing uh, folks on our next podcast. Thank you Thanks, very Mark. much.